Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Founders in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight through the product lens on some of the exceptional founders we have as part of the LA community in an unedited one-take organic conversation. With us today in the studio is Lee Robinson. We are welcome him back. He's a, our first repeat guest, so welcome back, Lee. Oh, thanks for having me. I went from the uh, first podcast to the first repeat guest. He was. He was the first person in our revamped Founders in LA uh, version back in August. So thanks for thanks for coming here, Lee. Um, but first, a word from our sponsors. Founders in LA is brought to you by Nearshore. Nearshore is a trailblazer in Nearshore outsourcing staff and augmentation. With over 15 years of experience offering exceptional Latin American software, data, product, and design talent for U.S. projects, Nearshore has revolutionized the way that companies scale their teams. They stand apart with 50% female leadership and are trusted by companies large and small that have been helping U.S. customers grow since before nearshoring was cool. Discover how nearshore can power your tech goals and help you stay lean while scaling fast. Learn more at www.nearshore.com. That's www.nearsure.com. We're also brought to you by Unida. Unida Club is a co-working space that sets itself apart with locations in El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa. United is where creativity flourishes. Unlike traditional offices, they provide an inspiring environment where ideas can thrive and businesses can grow. With United, there's no hidden fees, flexible terms, options for dedicated offices, and unlimited access to conference rooms, a photo studio, this podcast studio, plus stand-on 3D printers, and 24-7 access at any of their locations. Their local champions who support neighborhood businesses, open their event spaces to nonprofits, and celebrate art, music, and culture, Join United Club and experience co-working like never before. Learn more at www.unita.club. That's www.unita.club. Our guest today is Lee Robinson. He is the CEO and founder of DIRT. That's D-Y-R-T. Uh, and Lee, uh, welcome back. Uh, could you remind us about DIRT? And I believe the last time you are on here, you referred to it as the, the DoorDash of trash. It is true. We still offer the DoorDash of trash model for any smaller producers, um, but we've now transitioned into much larger scale. So uh, we didn't really understand how big the problem was until we really went live with the Fairmont Hotel. And then after Techstars, we finished Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator, and they kept pushing us to go bigger and bigger. And it's can we solve organics at a massive scale for massive businesses? So we can do it for businesses, and now we can do it for municipalities. And it starts with the data collection and then actually the processing, which most people unsurprisingly don't really want to deal with. Oh, interesting. I'd love to, to double-click into the, the data part. So, how, so before you're actually doing the processing, and I'd love to, to double-click into that again for our listeners, but, um, which is the dirty work, which you, I think is your, part of your favorite. But it, talk to me about the, the data. Yeah, so there's all these government mandates um, saying, hey, you need to responsibly manage organics. That's everything from mulch to food waste. And mulch is pretty straightforward, but food waste is a lot more complicated because for the last forever, it's just been going in the trash can. So you have no idea how much you're producing. And we really brought this to light with the Fairmont Hotel and Bungalows when we started processing there. We were assuming somewhere between 150 and 250 pounds a day, but depending on the event, the holiday, the week, the season, you see giant fluctuations. And now, whenever we go talk to a new customer, and for example, we're talking to food facilities, they can easily push 100, 200 tons a week of organic waste coming out of there. And, and what would be defined as a food facility? So um, in Vernon, 
probably might not know Vernon. It's in the middle of Los Angeles. They have a hundred plus food facilities. If you go buy something at Costco or you drink coffee from McDonald's, okay. it is prepared in Vernon. Really? So Melissa's Produce, Whole Foods Distribution, um, a lot of the local chains, Golden West Food Group, which owns a variety of restaurants. A lot of that food's produced in Vernon, and even the hot dogs at Dodger Stadium are produced in Vernon before they're delivered for final consumption or retail. So they're like prepared, it's almost like a, a ghost kitchen, if you will, for like Dodger Stadium where the, the hot dogs are kind of pre-cooked at one location and then kind of brought out so it doesn't have to wait the time to actually cook in the stadium. Yeah, so packed, rendered, pre-cooked, delivered to the stadium, and then served for final consumption. Or if you're walking through Costco and or Whole Foods or Walmart or anywhere that serves groceries, it's really funny now that we're actually in Vernon. Like, oh, I, like that seafood company? I know exactly where that seafood is made. <laughs> That's wild. So... So these facilities, it makes sense for the, the, the scale of distribution that you would need in a city like Los Angeles. Um, they are actually, that's where the work is being done for the preparation for the food. And you're saying that now that you guys have had a chance, you've gone live and you're identifying, hey, where, where really is the target space that we, could, we can attack something big? You're finding it's these, these food, dis, these food distribution, distribution facilities and that there's actually there's now that we're counting the amount of ways now we're paying attention to it it's actually a larger problem than was anticipated when you first started oh definitely Six, 60 to 80 percent of what's going in the trash bin is either organics or unfortunately recycling that we can manage well um, but when you start to separate the organics out you see just this massive reduction in trash and then you know the waste hauler will come and they'll pick up the trash with the organics and send it to the landfill anyways because there's nowhere to send it Right. So it's like, hey, let's just process either right here in your backyard, like we're doing with the Fairmont Hotel, or let's build what we're now dubbing the dirt farm, where we can bring in large, large volumes directly in the city and no one would even know it's happening. Oh, you have to tell me more about this dirt farm. Is it like <laughs> the, 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 dirt, dirt, the great dirt farm of Los Angeles. The, the great dirt farm of Los, Los Angeles. Yeah, so we're in negotiation with a couple different locations where – our new design is actually a branded shipping container. If you were to look at it from the outside, it just looks like a really, I don't know, standard shipping container. We're reusing them. Uh, we're building all of our hardware inside. They're stackable and they're modular. So now you can just pull up with a truck, dump the truck of food waste or the buckets of food waste into all of our other hardware, which shreds and mixes and collects the data and then populates these customer dashboards. And then it goes into a shipping container and out the other side comes dirt <laughs> and then wh where does the what do you do with the dirt after it's kind yeah. of processed so we have to really close the loop and you know when we're you know when we're at the fairmont we actually see the food delivery trucks come in and those food delivery trucks are typically coming from the food facilities that we're working to sign and start processing for and then those food facilities also have something coming in from the farms so we can take the dirt and we can give some back to the city and the communities, but we're talking hundreds of thousands of tons at scale. So now those deadhead trucks that are coming in with produce for Melissa's produce or Whole Foods from the Central Valley and driving back empty, they can actually be driving back with compost to replenish their topsoil. And then we've officially closed the loop. Okay. You have to give me a second here. That, that, that sounds uh, incredibly smart. So to recap, um, these 
the food comes from these facilities, they go to some central location or a restaurant or anywhere, they produce the food waste, and they do their drop-off of their deliveries, you know, here, here's the fresh vegetables you want for tonight's dinner. To your point, previous to, to this, this innovation, it would just like drive home empty-handed, uh, having just like left a facility, and you're saying, hey, we could actually give back to those folks. We could give them fresh compost that has probably, it's probably super nutrient rich because it's, it's all of the, you can tell me, yeah, is it super nutrient rich, I imagine? Yeah, nutrient rich and biodiverse. So, you know, typically when you grow vegetables, you import a bunch of nitrogen or potassium, something that's been mined from the planet. You spread it out, helps the plants grow. You harvest those plants, put them on the truck. And anyone that's driven from LA to San Francisco has probably passed the almond farms, the peach farms, the citrus farms. And next time you drive by, I hope you look and you see a big empty truck just sitting there. It's waiting for the harvest. Um, so when the harvest comes, that truck fills up, it drives for the most part to either Vernon or industry or commerce, that central LA area runs it through a distribution hub. Um, and then that gets re shuffled out through Southern California, hotels, grocery stores, restaurants, anywhere that serves food. So pretty much everywhere. Um, and then that truck drives back empty because there's nothing to take. And then they just keep repeating the process. But now we can actually load up those trucks and send them back to the farms. And we have closed the loop because we can collect at the food facility where there's waste and even the final destination, whether that's the restaurant, the hotel, the business, the stadium, and then send it all back. Wow. And so what kind of is also going through my mind now is the, the number of challenges that you've had to overcome in the last, you know, five months. So for, for a reminder for some of our listeners, when we first spoke to Lee, he's fresh, like fresh, fresh off the stage from uh, Techstars LA. I think it was like literally three or four days after that um, was when we last spoke. So between then and now, you know, what are some of the challenges that stood out and how did you overcome that challenge? Yeah, so I think the biggest one was the Fairmont. You know, you have people that have been there for 30 years cooking, operating the same way. And they're like, what is this giant composting machine behind our building? <laughs> like, why is this here? How do we use this? Um, but they they advocate for it now. They're like, we can actually see the product. We can see where this is going. And our contamination rate, which is really big in, in organics, went from 10 or 15% to almost less than 1%. So they're actually doing what we hope they would do. And they can see it. They can touch it. They can feel it. That's gone down. Um, and then we start to get these inquiries for these larger places, uh, more stadiums are coming in and more of these large food facilities. And then it was like a space thing. It's like, okay, well, I don't have room to put a 20 foot or 40 foot shipping container in my parking lot that is full of delivery trucks that are in and out every day. The last thing I want is another truck coming in. And so we said, Hey, Vernon, like, what can we do? Like, well, let's find you a big empty field or abandoned warehouse and let's just move it not 95 miles, let's move it within our 5.2 square miles of a city. And so they still get that same local experience, but they don't have to worry about the on-site and the staff training part as much. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster, um, but you know, we have good investors, we have good employees now on the company. Um, we have support of municipalities, support of the state, new advisors coming on that really love this industry. And they're all helping us find the ways to solve this as quickly as possible while making the biggest impact. Is there, <clears throat> is there like a particular challenge that you've, you've saw and faced and 
you, how do you get through it? Is there, is there one you can pick out? I know I, I can't imagine how many challenges you had to go in a lot in an early stage startup in six months. It's like an eternity, but is there anyone that stands out that you, that you can call that, uh, Hey, here's a challenge and here's what we did to attack it. Uh, yeah, six months. It's, uh, it could be a recent one. It could be something <laughs> that just happened yesterday or today. It's, just, it's, it's a lot of challenges. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think finding that location, um, right in the middle of the city and getting all the support was the biggest challenge. And that was, you know, that was part of these incubators and accelerators go bigger. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we're looking at a facility that can take 2000 tons per day <laughs> and it's like already permitted. It's ready to go. They need our technology because it doesn't smell. There's no runoff. Um, and then once we're up and running, you know, the next challenge would be how many trucks is that? Like how, how do we get everything in and out? And then how do we also keep our dashboards populated for all these customers that want to report their goals and their metrics and show that they are doing the right thing for the environment? Have, have you completed any of these challenges? Or are you saying these are challenges, these are next challenges to solve? We're, we're done with most of them. Really? Um, okay, so pick one. Uh, let's pick uh, either the dashboards or the location. I'll let you pick which one. Yeah, the dashboards are constantly evolving. Um, you know, Costco wants one thing. And we don't even work with Costco. We work with the provider of produce to Costco. Okay. <laughs> so it makes it a little, little difficult. Yeah. Um, and then you have the big corporate companies and you have the local hyper local companies. And so we're trying to find that balance with that. Uh, but then the other one is, you know, we get calls every week saying, Hey, we have a customer that would like to send I don't know, 20 tons or 2000 tons or 10,000 tons to process. Um, but we also won't, don't want to tell you who that customer is. And we want all the data because we sell the data. And I was like, oh, okay. So you want us to do the harder part, the dirty work, um, and then also do the data collection and then basically broker a deal for the data. It's like, why don't we just work directly with your customer? Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of finding, creating the great dirt farm in Los Angeles, tell me about what the process for that. So you're getting, you're getting pushed. Uh, and it sounds like, it was good coaching because you keep going bigger. It's not like that you got pushed and you hit the limit. Like seems right now you're still like, okay, well now we're, we're starting with restaurants. Now we went to stadiums. Now we're talking municipalities. Uh, sounds like it's working. So how did you go about, you know, you're saying, okay, we have to go bigger. We have to figure out, you know, we need to build a farm in Los Angeles. Uh, how did you, how did you approach that chat, that particular challenge? Like, is there any tricks that you used or, how, how did you go about identifying, you know, all right, here's the best way to, for me to do this thing that I never did before? Uh, it, was, it was an evolution. So with the hotels that have been reaching out, um, the first question now we ask is, do you know how much you actually produce? And they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe 50, 100 pounds a day. And like, okay, you're 800 rooms, you have four kitchens, and you host three events a week on average. I think you're probably closer to like 800 or 1,000 pounds. Wow. Um, then you go look at the space, hotel downtown, right? There's nowhere to put a giant container to compost everything. I was like, okay, maybe we start looking at some other way to do this. And then it was a stadium. I'm like, how much do you produce? And they're like, oh, well, we're really good about our organics. Um, we think we produce, I don't know, 500 pounds. I'm like, I have direct experience. We know exactly how much stadiums produce right. based on seats. And then there's cities that are like, oh, our haulers want us to find other solutions. Um, and Cow Recycle is open to exploring ideas and then it's like okay let's find somebody with some land i guess that's totally into the environment and ask them if we can work with them and surprisingly there's a lot of people out there um, 
we're now talking to brownfield owners that can't use the land for anything else and warehouses that are considered abandoned and health and safety inspectors are like, this works perfectly for you. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> That's probably, it's like, yeah, there's, there's places you could go that no one else goes and just like, well, I mean, we're just going to put a lot of dirt there. And yeah, I'm thinking about bed, bath and beyond right now. There's a <laughs> lot of open properties <laughs> nationwide yeah. uh, in, in, throughout cities. Oh, that's phenomenal. And um, so what's next? Like, what are you, what are you looking at next for dirt? Um, for us, it's still, can we build this rapidly scalable farm um, and then replicate it within Los Angeles? And we could probably build 50 to 75 in Los Angeles alone before we go start following up on the requests from other cities that are a little bit behind, but still have the same goals of zero food waste by 2030. So, you know, we're going to start here at the hub where tech in LA begins and then take it to the next city and the city after that and the city after that until, you know, we're now up there with the uh, $75 billion waste management companies and the $200 billion market cap and trash. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it does sound like you're on your way uh, leaps and bounds from, from where you were even a, a few months ago. So thank you for coming, for coming back, Lee. This is really, this is a treat. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be back and, Glad I'm your first and your first follow-up. I, I have to tell you, uh, to, to the listeners, since that first conversation with Lee, I, I can't go to places like a state fair or, or a stadium ever again and think of the same way. I always look at this, the food waste, like, oh my gosh, you like look at all these things around, you look at the garbage cans, and like, I'm, I'm so happy there's people like Lee out there solving this problem, so, so thank you. Yeah, just uh, always have it in the back of your head. That's Done. Done. Thank you so. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not sorry, Lee. Thank you. Uh, we've been speaking again with Lee Robinson. He's the CEO and founder of Dirt. Um, and you want to tell us again where you can find it? Uh, yeah, you can find us at dirt.co, and that's dirt with a Y and a CO without an M. And I, I guess look for dumpsters uh, outside your favorite restaurants and municipalities and stadiums because dirt, dirt's coming. We are. That's awesome. Well, I'd like to thank you again, Lee. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Nearshire and Unita. I'd like to thank you all for listening to us again. Uh, if you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on Founders in L.A.